this has actually been a pretty fun episode to record, although we tend to have a laugh with all of them. Um, especially if I were you listen out for the bit where Graham apologises, but you've got to be quick. I Unless I missed it. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This week uh, you are listening to show number 40 and uh, hopefully it will go out on time. Uh, we're more about our technical woes uh, in a bit. Uh, but first of all, Graham, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, thank you, Aid. as always. Um, yeah, there's been quite a few technical woes, haven't they, both this last week and even in the last five minutes you've been having some technical woes. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing quite like hearing somebody's life falling apart on the phone line. It's great. Yeah, well, you know, this is why you this is why you have more than one camera, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. Should we first off address what happened last week? Because oh, that's a bit traumatic, wasn't it? It, it was. It was. Uh, especially yeah, we we um, managed to. Uh, I managed to try and launch the show with a topical joke uh, last week, which. <laughs> Which seemed to jinx <laughs> our server a little, um, and it got horribly confused, and it wouldn't let us publish the podcast, and it took our uh, jolly good friend Chris uh, a couple of days to work out with his tech support people what the hell was going on with it. Um, but thank you, Chris, for for uh, perceiving. Perse- no, what's the word I'm looking for? Persevering. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for and and getting us back up and running, but. Yeah. The thing is, not only I mean, it started off with us not being able to post our podcast, and it ended up taking down everything. It ended up taking down the pixelated photographer forums. <laughs> Just the entire server basically ended up dead as a doornail. I think um, it took out the East Coast data centers for Amazon as well. Actually, <laughs> is is what one of my technical architects was telling me today. Yeah, I think you know what you know what the worst of it is though, and no one, only one person is ever going to believe me or back me up on this. But you have been giving me stick for weeks about getting the show notes done, and I was a good <laughs> ten shows behind. And so what I do is what I did past tense was um, every week I would put up the show notes in the description on the pixelated photographer forums. So if anybody wanted to go and look and, you know, make comments about them on there, that was a place. And I'd fallen so far behind. And then on Tuesday night, I sat down and got us bang up to date. I did uh, threads for every single show that I'd missed, got everything up to date. And then the uh, podcast wouldn't load up. And then the website crashed and everything went down. And fortunately, after much effort, Chris was able to restore from a backup. But that backup was from 12 days ago. So all of those show notes are gone. (laughs) All of my effort, gone. They were up for less than 24 hours. And the (laughs) only person who knows that they were there is um, Jonas uh, at Colin McTorn on on Instagram because he saw them and commented on a couple of them. I I cannot believe my stinking bad luck with that. And I'm pretty convinced that that's the only reason it all went to hell is because um, I actually took the time to do those show notes. But... (sighs) Yeah, you're right. Nobody believes you. 
J- Jonas knows he- he'll back me <laughs> up on this. He- yeah. So yes, it, it that is um it is uh, a bittersweet irony that isn't it? Yeah. Um, or just get- or just a bitter irony maybe. I will catch back up again with them. It's also annoying because uh, you know, there's been a bit of um, activity on the, the forums over the last couple of weeks, and quite a bit of that just got wiped because of the um, loss. But anyway, hopefully everyone will come back and get active again. Because um, the the handy thing about the forums versus something like Twitter or Instagram is that conversations are. Be careful where you go with this one because we've just lost a load of stuff. <laughs> uh, that's an anomaly. <laughs> It's fine. Chris has got it sorted now. Yeah, and also he's going to move server. So, um, but uh, yeah, the nice thing with the forums is that conversations can just go on over a much longer time period. So it's not like you have to see it at the moment. Because I, mean, I know with Instagram, you know, I miss so many people's photographs just because I don't get to look at my phone at all during the day. Not with an in, not with internet connection, and not even every evening. And so I can miss probably thousands of people's photographs in a few days and and the conversation to go around them so it's quite nice having somewhere where you can have a little time capsule conversation thing so it absolutely is yes but yeah. um on the subject of things broken aid <laughs> tell uh, uh, what happened just before we started recording <laughs> well this is because this is because i'm trying to do two things at once i guess i'm trying to talk to you and get set up for recording the podcast i'm also trying to wind a film out of my camera that i i finished a film today as i was wandering around and uh i don't know i'm not entirely sure uh how or why or what i did i think i might have wound the film lever the wrong way which is dumb it does have an arrow on it that says wind it clockwise so what you're saying is you may have unscrewed the film lever I un- that's what I- happens when you wind things the other way you can unscrew them and and this one came off really really quickly and <laughs> and uh and at first i thought i had a lucky escape because i didn't lose the tiny little metal pin uh although that is now gone <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm sitting here with a camera and this is this is one of my Nikon SLRs. And if you listen to this, right, that's the noise of some of the bits having fallen inside the camera. Um, but because the bit that's broken is the bit that opens the, fil- the film door, <laughs> I can't actually open the camera to see what bits are in there. And I have some bits that are outside as well. But the uh, the spindle that the, the the that goes into the film canister has fallen inside the camera, um, and so I I there's, uh, and I can't open it now. So if anybody out there knows how to open uh, a Nikon FE two mid nineteen eighties SLR uh, without the correct mechanism being in place, if the if you can stick a, a little knife down and click a latch or something like that, I would be very appreciative of knowing about that. I'm sure somebody out there does. I'm sure it sounds very similar to actually to what I did with the um, Lomo LCA. I, I wound it the wrong way, and um, that kind of fell apart. But luckily, not quite as badly as yours did by the sounds of it, because I was able to get it open. Although the film rewind thing is kind of irrevocably broken on it now. But um, yes, that's a little upsetting. Although we were at the time talking about the fact that this was a camera that you were thinking of sending away to be. Um, CLA'd anyway, weren't you? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I'm so this is this. Uh, there's there's two things here to talk about actually, because one of the things that I've been really focusing on uh, in the new year is using my 35 mil cameras, uh, for which read these two Nikon's. And, well, one Nikon now. You've you've broken the other one. Well, no, I've still got all the bits. <laughs> 
one nick on one jigsaw yeah well possibly yes um so yeah i i mean i know this is you know um yeah this is known territory for you you're fairly comfortable around broken cameras in fact often you're the instigating party <laughs> as as i am unwittingly this evening uh but the yeah so i've been trying to use my 35 mil cameras a lot and and uh, simplify and focus on the photography and not muck around too much with loads and loads of cameras and i've spoken about that on the show so i won't go to, into too much depth in it here uh, but I have. I've been, you know, for the last two months, because it's now what, early March, isn't it? We're recording in early March, and I've really only used my 35mm SLRs all year. No Holger, no Bronica, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that feels really good until I just now. <laughs> so, so I had in the show notes an item that I would talk about. Actually, how does that feel having used those? And actually, I really, I really enjoyed it. You know, you get in tune uh, with stuff and things just start to happen and, and the camera disappears in your hands and what you end up is just the act of taking photographs, which is fantastic. So um, are you, is that what you're finding? Are you finding having used your Nikon fairly intensively or at least exclusively? To destruction, one might say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Are you finding that, that it is actually, you are using it in a different way to the way you were before you started on this? I think um, yes and no. Maybe I'm remembering rather than learning, if that mm. makes sense. So, you know, the, this, these are uh, manual focus cameras, and, and it's it's things like um, uh, knowing that you know uh, if it's sunny, I walk around at about f four, and if it's uh, no, that's the wrong way around. And if it's sunny, I walk around at about f eight, and if it's cloudy, I walk around at about f four. And I always have the focus ring on the lens right over at infinity. And it's a hard stop. I, the, the lenses I use, they're not like these modern motorized lenses. Mm. These are you know, proper manual lenses with a hard stop for infinity. So what you've got at that point is basically a point and shoot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, now if something is not in the distance, you're trying to take something or something that's a bit closer... Um, you do have to manual focus, but you know which way your hand knows which way to turn because you Got know you. that you always start at infinity. Yeah, which is all, actually is a a tip that I had a a, a, a moment about uh, a couple of years ago because I'd never thought I'd never thought of it, and I saw it on a YouTube video um, as a, as a tip, if you like, for um, manual focusing, which is you know if you always start at infinity, you only have to turn the lens one way. Mm, that's a very good idea. I'd not heard that before, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, what lens have you been using? Have you been using your new um, wide-angle one? Or, yeah, uh, I have. I've been trying that out, and I've put uh, the, the, the thick end of two rolls of film uh, through with that lens, which is great. I enjoyed that. Uh, it happens to have the 50mm on it again today, um, just for fun. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, the, the new wide-angle lens is good. Um it's uh, it's not the best lens for my urban photography because you know you tend to be taking landscapes, will be urban landscapes, and actually um, in that kind of landscape, a wide-angle lens is not necessarily the best uh, the best landscape lens. Um, no, I mean I, I don't know. I suppose it, 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 unless you want to get up close and personal with stuff, then it does seem to be a popular choice with a lot of. Um, street photographers doesn't it they like to go with wide angle lenses because you then get the subject of the photograph in plus context with it yeah for me personally it's a it that's easier with a 35 or a fi or even better a 50 
yeah um, you know uh, the because it's um I don't like further away. to stick my camera up people's noses. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's it's further away, but it's you know it kind of makes a bit more sense as well um, because there's a lot going on in a city, and you can end up with a very cl- you don't and because it's yeah you don't and you don't often get the opportunity to make a clean composition. At least I find that. And bearing in mind that I most of the most of the time I'm not out to take photographs. I'm commuting and I'm getting from A to B. So I don't get the luxury of seeing something nice and then hanging around for 10 minutes to wait for all the magic to align. It's yeah. A, it's, a, you know, snapping away as you go. So, you know, uh, I've enjoyed it. Yes, I've enjoyed it. And just now winding a film, talking to you, not paying attention, wind the film lever the wrong way. And now all the bits have fallen off my camera. <laughs> And Luckily, I did get the film out. I got, no, no, I got the film out because so the 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 way the camera is set up, you can actually um, you can put the winder back on and then you can wind the film out. Uh, the what seems to have happened is that the uh, those bits have come off and the door shut and then the rest of the mechanism has fallen down inside the casing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Laugh it up. So let's talk about this repair situation. Or well, let's talk about first of what you were planning to do with the CLA, because uh, I suppose we got to for anybody who isn't familiar with that. Um, and I can never remember what it stands for either. It's uh, I, I couldn't remember the word I was looking for. It's not an acronym at all, was it? <laughs> and, it, it an acronym. Acronym. Thanks. Um, so CLA stands for Clean Lubricate and Adjust. I think. Ah, adjust. That's yeah. the one I always forget. So you you were telling me that you found somebody locally to or relatively locally to send that off to. Well, in the UK, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I got I got want to say he lives in Yorkshire somewhere, but I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah, so because I, I, I have two of these cameras, and the other one I've sent off before. Um, one of the the things about the other one is it had a focusing screen in it, which I didn't like particularly. Yeah, um, and uh, also uh, the film winder fell off it. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I lost the little metal pin to put it back on. Um, <laughs> Repeat until funny, eh, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I said I I found somebody who would service it, and and he did do a uh, he did a either a basic repair or a full service, and he has all of the uh, his name's Jules. Um, I'll try and dig out uh, his his proper uh, website address, but he dug. Um, he he does do a, a sort of fix it up service, but he also does a a full service, uh, and he has all the electronic timing equipment to do shutter speed measuring and things like that. Um, and so that was uh, so uh, on the other camera. I did that. I sent it to him, and uh, he. Uh, he did that work. He did his standard CLA. He also changed my focusing screen for me. So I bought a focusing screen off of eBay. Um, I like a completely empty focusing screen. Right. The standard off the the standard on these particular cameras was is to have a uh, what do they call it a split prism in the middle. Yeah. Um, and uh, my silver one, the one that's just broken today, uh, didn't have that, and I really like that. The black one had a split prism, and I find it really distracting. So yes, you can be more accurate, but I uh, in the focusing because of the the split prism. But I found it was really difficult to um, it, it distracted me it, um, yeah. because I'd end up 
when I wanted to focus on something that was in the top left corner, I was ending up, you know, pointing the middle of my camera at that and then focusing using the split screen. And that took a bit longer. And then I yeah. had to recap, recap, um, compose and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I didn't do, um, uh, I, I didn't, uh, go for the, sorry, start again. I went for changing the focus screen to, to, to a very plain one. Uh, so that both the cameras are the same. So, yeah. So, um, I tell you what, I've just made a, yet another politically incorrect comment because I said that this chap is actually from Yorkshire and guess where he's from. Oh, Lancashire. Lancashire. <laughs> might, might well be, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Lancashire. <laughs> yeah, for, for Sorry, those, Yorkshire uh, as well. <laughs> for those people not in the UK, there is uh, some enmity between Yorkshire and Lancashire. You do, you do not want to say that somebody from Yorkshire is from Lancashire or vice versa. They get quite upset. Yeah, it's a little thing called the Wars of the Roses, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably need to move on from that by now, but um, it's all good. So... The thing with this CLA is that it's quite an expensive thing to get done, isn't it? Yeah, it is. In fact, I'm just looking. I've just managed to source uh, the uh, look up the emails actually, and I think I may have told you a slightly too expensive price before. I think it was saying here is it's ninety pounds plus the packaging. Okay, that is yeah. You you overestimated quite a lot on that, didn't you? I, yeah, quite possibly. Yes. What quite. did you say? I said it was nearer to two hundred, but. Um, <laughs> yes uh clearly that's not the case <laughs> um so uh yeah so uh that's um that's good news <laughs> yeah yeah 90 pounds. much better much better news actually yeah 90 pounds does seem worth it if you're going to get the camera back in as close to as new condition as what you realistically can that seems like money quite well spent as you've said repeatedly, you're going off on the trip later this year where you want them to be in as good a condition as possible because the last thing you want to do is get out there and have them break down or fall apart whilst you're on top of a big hill. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's it seems like 90 quid well spent, but then there is also that thing of... Ninety pounds will get you a long way towards buying just another body, wouldn't it? It it would, yeah. I mean, a decent FE two is going at the moment for nearer to two hundred pounds. So where when I was overestimating it, yeah, you were in territory of actually, do I just buy another one and keep this one for spares? Although it works perfectly, and it would seem a bit of a shame to keep something like this for spares. But uh, it's um, but I think if it's half the price to get it serviced, I think that's definitely you know economically viable. Um, and and it's a great camera, and I like it a lot. Um, and it feels good in my hands. I know it's exactly the same as the other one I've got, but there's got to be some sort of reason why I keep picking up the silver one and leaving the black one not to languish in a drawer. I when I yeah you know, I do use it, but uh, I think the silver one is is a is in less good condition cosmetically, especially today. Um, <laughs> it's got uh, it's got a little bit of rubbing on it, um, and uh, you know, uh, and of course it's got its nice rattle. Uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, so it's got it's got a few scratches on the base plate. It's got it's, it's just got more signs of use. It's got a little bit of rubbing. Some of the metal is painted uh, black, and some of that's rubbed off to the silver. Um, it, it's not made of brass, so it's not it's not got, gone that uh, that brassy color that Lycas go. But um, I, I just tend to pick that one up rather than if they're both sitting in the drawer and neither of them got any filming. I tend to pick up the silver one. It's my my everyday one, whereas the black one is a little bit more pristine. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I'd be, I'd be really interested to hear how many of our listeners have, have had cameras serviced because um, I think it it's, seems so much easier to justify it when you're getting an, an expensive camera service. So say you're getting a, a Hasselblad or a um, Rolly or Rolly, whatever those things are, um, or a Leica or something like that because the initial expense is so high. Uh, I know that I thought in the past about getting my OM1 serviced. Um, and I, I would guess that if I can find somebody, it's probably going to be a comparable cost to what you're looking to pay for yours, you know, probably about 90 quid, um, which I'm sure is well worth it. But I only paid £27 for the camera, which <laughs> it shouldn't affect the value of the service because it, it's not his fault I got a good deal on the camera, but it kind of does. Think, oh, God, am I really going to spend this much money getting a £27 camera? service and you know even more so with some of my other cameras you think yeah i picked up bits and pieces and think, oh maybe if i sent it to work and get it repaired but you know I, I, it's a cheap camera um and uh yeah it's hard to justify it but at the same time it's not as if they're still making these cameras it's not as if we can a- adopt the approach of well if it breaks i'll just get another one because there's a finite amount of them out there and the good ones are being snapped up and kept and used and increasingly the ones that are left are going to get to be the ropier and ropier ones um <laughs> so are you so so you're verging on a, a philosophical argument i've heard elsewhere in the past which is that it may well be very it may well be cheaper uh to to simply pick up another camera especially if the di- if the difference is as much as you say um, you know the, the you know you could buy four new cameras or new old cameras for the for the uh cost of the the uh, the service um but that's the the philosophic the, the philosophical argument is is that you you should um you should get them fixed anyway because one day we will run out oh absolutely and uh, particular well with any of them um you see so many dead c- cameras available for sale now um they they are wearing out and um yeah i mean i i know you laugh at my um acquisitions and my habit of just picking up everything but that's part of the reason why is because i do actually worry that the cameras i like are gonna break and there aren't going to be other ones out there for me to get at a price that i can still afford so i think well if i see something that I think is reasonable value when it's working. I'm going to pick it up for the future, just in case. No, um, I, I can I can go with that. Remember when I this time last year when I bought all those Holgers? I certainly do. I certainly do. <laughs> but it is that it's that same thing. You think, oh god, what what if the one that I've got packs up? Um, and um, so yeah, I, that that is part of the reason for the hoarding, um, and. And also, not just because of the lack of availability, but just because the prices continue to climb on them. Uh, I remember when I picked up my um, Olympus Mu2 from a um, like thrift store in Whitney, and I, it was just on the side there. And I went, oh, that looks quite good, and I got it for five pounds. And I shot a roll of film through it. I thought, oh, this is great. This is a really good camera, but it's a small plastic point and shoot. It's not going to last forever. I think I'm going to see if we can pick up another one. And I looked on eBay, and they're going for 60 quid. And this was years ago. They're, they're going for more than that now. I thought, well, I can't afford to replace and get another one. This will just have to last as long as it will last. Um, 
So, yeah, I think doing both is the best way forward. Get the cameras that you care about serviced uh, to keep them as lo- you know, lasting as long as possible. But at the same time, if you see a good deal on a camera that you know you like using, it's probably not a bad idea to stock up. <laughs> well, it's, let, let, let's finish this off then with a shout out to Jules Abel. Okay, Jules Abel is the chap I was talking about earlier uh, who uh, did the service on one of my Nikons and he may not know it yet, <laughs> but he's about to get another one. Uh, and so you can find him uh, at uh, his website is contactsrepairs.com uh, because he also does contacts servicing, contacts SLRs that is. This is your fault, and I think it's time you made another apology. <laughs> I apologise for my friend Graham. <laughs> <laughs> when you came to visit, you drew the last Cheap Shots Challenge, and the subject that you drew was events. Um, and I think that's proven to be quite a difficult one, because I haven't seen any photos for this yet um, from anybody on Instagram or on Flickr or anywhere. And also, uh, let's do a quick State of the Union Um have you even got as far as putting film in your camera for this? No. Nope, me either, because there's just nothing going on. There's nothing happening. It's it's kind of a bad time of the year, unfortunately, for this. If it was the summer when there's all sorts of stuff going on, it'd be easier, or even spring, but February and March are a bad time. So, two things. The first thing is, we're going to draw a new Cheap Shots challenge and move on. But, fortunately, because I didn't want to just burn this, and we were just talking about the fact that you and I have hopefully got a jolly little outing coming up in a couple of weeks where we are going to the, um, what's it called? <laughs> where is it me. Um, hang on one second. I will just reach for the, uh, the records. Apparently it's called the photography show. The photography show. So um, at Christmas, my lovely brother and sister-in-law got for me two tickets to go to the photography show at the NEC in Birmingham. Uh, if, we are going on Sunday the 19th of March. So if anybody listening to this is going, and I pray that you are, um, although uh, for film shooters, I'm not sure that there is a real wealth of stuff there. But we'll be, we'll be there. Oh, I if disagree. Any... Everything except the camera bodies is just as good for film shooters. <laughs> yeah, everything except for the camera bodies, yeah. Well, no, the um, lenses, the lighting, the tripod. You like a good tripod, don't you? How exactly are the lenses? I know for you, Nikon boy, you're going, well, the lenses are just as good. But for the rest of us who aren't shooting Nikon, how are the lenses? How are the great new Fuji lenses going to help me with my Olympus OM camera? Oh, OK. All right. <laughs> Anywho. Um, I think a quarter yeah. 20 is still a quarter 20, though. I don't think that's changed in a few years. Well, uh, you've got a tripod now so you're all right anyway i even so, used it the other day oh well we'll have to save that story for another day by the sounds of it um so if anybody is going to be at the show on sunday the 19th we would love to catch up that would be fantastic um so please do let us know if you're going to be there and we will arrange to get together um but more pertinently aid i think by anyone's definition this is an event uh, are we into some sort of shootout kind of situation here? I think, situation I think exactly here. what we are in. We are in shootout territory. You, 
me, the photo, everybody, yeah, everybody. <laughs> um, uh, we two people, two cameras. This is it. We we go <laughs> we go around this exhibition of all the latest and greatest photography gear out there. You with your 110 Vivitar, um, not Vivitar, sorry, Ooh, that was offensive, 110 Voigtlander, and me with my Olympus Fugly. Um, Everybody's uh, going to be able to see yours. Mine can, I can slip in my pocket. <laughs> yours is this good. You're going to look like a super spy. And that that is where our battle for this month happens. Okay. So, so you do remember, don't you, how you get when you lose? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not going to lose. It's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely win. I'll definitely win. Though. Yes, denial is part of how you get when you lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But until I get there, it's fine. Um, so I am. I'm very excited about this. Um, I'm going to be putting a lot of thought into my film choice this time, and then still picking the wrong one, no doubt. Um, I don't even have any choice. It only takes the one kind of film. <laughs> it's going to be bright and sunny there, um, and to be honest. It actually makes going a lot more pointful to me because I, oh, I'm not sure going to be that interested in most of the stuff that's there. But now if I'm going to go and take pictures, it's going to be great. Um, so I'm very excited about that. So that's what we're going to do for our event photos. But I want to draw a new one now because we need to get people back on this cheap shots challenge. I feel like people have been getting slack with this. Um, <laughs> yeah, mostly us. <laughs> yeah. Well, true, true that, true that. So as we have said on many occasions before. For those who don't know what the Cheap Shots Challenge is, because it may well be people who are listening who weren't listening when we last did it, the Cheap Shots Challenge is where we want to prove that film photography is not an expensive hobby, um, even though aid is breaking cameras and sending them off to be repaired at £90 a crack. So the idea is you go and you buy a film camera for £20 or less or $27-ish, let's say under $30, because um, that's an easier number to work with. You buy a camera and some film, and then you stick with that camera through all the different challenges that we're going to have. So we've already had um, two challenges, haven't we, Aid? That's right. Yep. Well, the first one was Street, I think, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, which, if yep. I remember correctly, I won. Yes, you did. Yes, I do recall. And the second one was wildlife and animals, which you won with a photo that you almost didn't post. Yes, that's right. Yeah. After making some strategically poor choices. Um, So and there's loads more categories still to go. But yes, the idea is you go and buy a cheap camera that even though it's dirt cheap, will be up for doing a range of tasks and so i'm going to draw now from the magical holger box of delights to see what it is actually going to be going forward okay all right i can hardly wait take us a drum roll please aid all right okay the new cheap shots challenge oh aid you're going to be <laughs> very on. very happy about this go on the cheap shots challenge for the next four to six weeks is portraits Oh, right. I can do portraits. You got portraits, so there you go. Um, so this this seems significantly easier for everybody because all you need to do is put a face in front of your camera. Um, beyond that, there are no restrictions really. Just use your cheap camera. Um, I am going to say the way that you can't go crazy with your lighting. I mean, you can't put in some hugely expensive lighting thing. You, you need to work with what you've got. I'm not saying so, no. So uh, the second word is off. 
<laughs> yeah, as in camera lighting. Um, <laughs> but you you were saying just last week to Eric, fantastic guest Eric last week, uh, a torch. You could use a torch, eh? so I'm sure you'll find ways around it. Um, so dig out your cheap shots cameras if you've had them from previous rounds. If you haven't got one from previous rounds, go and find one. And look, you know what? If you're really struggling to find one, uh, a, a charity shop or a thrift store or on eBay, but you've got one already that you paid very little money for, I'll allow it. But the key thing is that once you start using that camera, that's the camera that you're using. So we, we like doing is getting people to come onto the forums. There's a thread in the forums and kind of say, this is the camera that I'm going to be using. This is how much it costs me. And then going out and taking pictures. And when you've taken these pictures of portraits, share them either on Instagram and um, tag them cheap shots challenge and sunny 16 podcast so we can find them or stick them on our Flickr group, uh, the sunny 16 podcast Flickr group or um, stick them on the forums at pixelatedphotographer.com anywhere where we can see them. And then at the end of probably about four to six weeks, depending on how organized or otherwise we are, we will get some super special guests to come in and look at everyone's pictures and judge them and pick um, both their favorite from the ones that people have entered um, and pick a winner out of Aid and I. Um, and uh, as Aid says, I'm a really bad loser. So, but it's all right. I'm great. <laughs> it's fun, it's funny fun. when it happens though. <laughs> um and it's just for fun there are no prizes apart from the eternal glory and respect of everybody involved so um i hope that makes it a bit easier for everybody and i want to see everybody getting out there with their dirt cheap cameras taking some awesome portraits uh it's all very exciting yeah Aren't... definitely definitely i i i this is this is interesting isn't it because you know I, I i think i'm going to lose out towards the end of this challenge not this particular round of the challenge, but if all of the ones that I enjoy are come up right up front, <laughs> I better make sure I uh, uh, draw out a commanding lead. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a double-edged sword with this one. Eh? Portraits is definitely your strong suit. It's something you're far more experienced in and far better at than me. But I think my camera's going to be far better for this job than yours is. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, people who, again, may not have heard earlier, things the cameras that aid and i decided on um when we started this <laughs> i have got a um olympus is 100 which is a um big ugly fixed lens camera um that's uh sort of one of these a, a bridge camera that's the best way of describing it right aid yeah i mean that definitely you know, uh it, it's um yes because it's it's i believe it's the similar sort of size as an slr with a zoom lens but it's all one piece of molded plastic so uh, i believe they call those a bridge camera yes yes and it's you know it's it's a good camera it's not particularly attractive um and it has quite a slow lens but it's it's competent uh aid went a little more left field and he got a 110 uh voigtland camera it's <laughs> awesome uh, yeah it's... it is awesome and it's awesomely tiny and it has uh it has a flash as well that, that you sort of plug onto the side of it although i don't think i've actually used that in anger yet well it seems like the time is now well why not why not um or although 
on-camera flash for p- portraiture is possibly not the, the best way to go. But uh, we'll see. It's got a hot shoe, so maybe I'll get all my lights out and use and just plug the trigger. Just plug the trigger into the hot shoe. The trigger, my little young Nuo trigger box is probably bigger than the camera. Actually, listen. I want people to post in the, when I put a thread up for this um, show on Instagram. I want people to comment whether or not they feel like you should be allowed to use all your fancy lighting gear for this or not. Because I feel that when you're doing cheap shots challenge. I feel that maybe that might be cheating aid. But you okay, know, so it, there is nothing cheaper than a Yongnuo flash. <laughs> Fresh no, air is more expensive than a Yongnuo flash. But when you start adding all the triggers and the other flashes and so on, we, yeah, we'll, we'll let we'll let the crowds decide on that one. No, we won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the subject of portraits, aid, um, any updates on the chain reaction? Uh, some uh, some uh, logistical or logistical organisationings in the works, um, uh, which will lead to some po- uh, some photo shoots in the month of March. I am confident, um, but uh, you know, sa- sadly, no shoots for a few weeks uh, at the moment. Well, you did hit it very hard in January. You got I, three done in January. So. Yeah, I did have a running start at it, didn't I? So I, I banked some stuff, um, but I, I, I missed it, actually. I really enjoyed January. Having been really scared about it all in December, I really enjoyed it all in January, and I missed it in February, so I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Um, how about you on the myopic me? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I've finished the roll of film for February, got that all done by the 28th. So um, hopefully going to get that developed this week, maybe even tomorrow if my luck holds. Um, and I've got the next roll in there. So, yeah, it's progressing. We'll see what comes out of this roll. Um, uh, right, I tried to so, do more. Uh, that's good. Because uh, I, I, I was wondering whether you're actually going to make it this month because we haven't really talked about it at all. So I wasn't sure where you were with it. Yeah, yeah, I took a few. I mean, you know, again, who knows what they're going to come out like. I went to um, a gig, a friend's band was playing in Oxford uh, last Saturday night. And um, so I took the camera there and took some pictures there. So we'll, we'll see how they come out because there's nothing quite like a 200 speed film in a dark room <laughs> um, with no artificial lighting. So um, that'll be fine, I'm sure. But yeah, we'll, we will see. I will have my hopefully have some results of that upon um my instagram feed by the end of this week so we will see we will see okay so that's an update on our projects various kinds uh and after this quick break we are going to have an entirely new kind of segment that we've never done before Okay, uh, this is a bit of a new one on me, uh, not least of which because Graham sprung it on me as we were chatting just before we hit the record button this evening. Uh, but we are going to have the first ever, the, the inaugural, and I hope lots of people turn up and the photographs will prove that they did, uh, the inaugural Q&A session for the Sunny 16 podcast. Yeah, I, I'm very happy about this. Um, as with so many of the things this was a last minute oh this seems like a good idea moment and so a couple of hours ago i stuck a post up on instagram saying guys we're gonna do a ask me anything section on the podcast this week um but only if we get questions and if we don't get questions i'm gonna let aid talk about bags fortunately i think the threat of you talking about bags got everyone to rally around and so we have got a fine selection of questions here aid um I did put in the post that, you know, 
if they were photography questions, that would be great. But we, that we would answer anything. I assured them that we would answer anything. Um, and so, yeah, we've got a really great selection of questions here. I hope you're ready for them because you haven't seen any of these. Have you? I haven't. Um, I uh, Anything that makes me too uncomfortable, I will simply make up an answer. So that's fine. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, quite fittingly, the first question was from at load film in subdued light which is of course eric our wonderful guest from last week um eric says uh that he has some incredibly strong and ridiculously important opinions about bags but nonetheless he has a question um <laughs> he says, since you took the piss out of me for sort of liking spandar ballad um he asks us did that which... make it to the edit I don't think it did. I don't. So has he has ju he just confessed to, the, to, to to all our listeners that he likes Spandau Ballet? Yeah, he has. Eric has outed himself as a a big Spandau Ballet fan. True. Um, <laughs> Gold. <laughs> Eric would like to know which shitty bands did we like in high school? Aid. Okay, so in the UK, um, at this whole time that there was. Um, yeah, the new romantic time. There was Wham and there was Spandau Ballet and there was Duran Duran and there, there are several others as well. I, I'd say I definitely uh, would, would go in and be in the Duran Duran camp. Um, uh, I am I'm very partial to a little bit of Duran Duran. Although I think that ages us somewhat because I think Eric's not Did dissimilar age to us. And I don't think I was in high school in the early 80s. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Uh, so yeah, so I, if uh, from that era, Duran Duran, uh, embarrassing from high school. Oh, I don't know. I was more into uh, metal and hip hop and stuff like that in those days. So I don't, and I still listen to that now. So I wouldn't call that embarrassing in the slightest. How about you? Well, I'd, I hate to disappoint, <laughs> and I will not. Um, I so my relationship with music, my wasn't big on listening to music um and i saw a lot of the stuff i listened to growing up was probably from my dad's record collection as so many kids are so um i had a big fondness probably the, the artist that i got into fairly early on in my teens and has stuck with me forever since then um but it's in no way embarrassing is kate bush i love kate bush mm. however that is not the answer that I'm going to give. Um, the answer that I'm going to give, because it was one of the first albums I bought when I was of high school age, uh, was, um, do you remember Betty Boo, Aid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Betty, Betty Boo, Boo doing the do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was a big Betty Boo fan. And I bought the tape of her album, and it's great. Uh, Alison Clark, the artist's name. I know because I, you know, in later years I went, oh, who was that Betty Boo and what's she doing now? Um, and I kept that cassette for many years. In fact, I think I had it until I was about, I'm going to guess, around 24, 25. Uh, and I remember the very sad moment. I was driving along with a load of friends in my car and the guy sat in the passenger seat who, it turns out, was a real arsehole. <laughs> Looked in my glove box and what the hell is this Betty Boo cassette? Wound down the window and threw it out the window. Oh, no. I know. A tragedy of night, epic proportions. Um, but yeah, anybody, because I don't know whether Betty Boo really made it over the <laughs> over the ocean. I suspect possibly not. Um, but look it up. It's pretty great. 
Betty Boo doing the do um, and other hits of the time. Uh, it was yeah, good. So that, that, was, that was me. <laughs> Perhaps significantly less cool than uh, yours were, but yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, laugh. Yeah, yeah. Sit here smugly, uh, wondering what the next question is, maybe. Yeah, okay, next question. Um, so I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. So um, we have got a few from previously mentioned in this podcast, Colin He has given us a few questions. So the first one, I think, was probably going to apply more to me than you, Aid, because um, he wants to get a rundown of all the cameras that we have built. Um, <laughs> I'll let you go first. <laughs> Uh, have I built anything? Does a Bronica count? I mean, it's fairly modular, isn't it? Um, yeah, technically, yeah. I mean, you know, and so, you've you've unbuilt a Nikon as we spoke tonight, so you know. Yes, that, yes, which is usually your trick. Um, that, so, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever actually built a camera. No, I mean, uh, uh, my building I did quite a bit last year and probably the year before, and it's all been with pinhole stuff. Um, the first one I built. My stepdad found an old Kodak Brownie number two in a car boot sale and gave it to me. And these were an old box camera, old sort of cardboard leatherette box camera. And I looked at it and there's no lens on the front of it. And I thought, oh, it's obviously got broken. There's a hole there, but and I can see through the shutter, but there's no lens. This camera's broken well. It can be a pinhole camera. Um and there was some glass behind the lens, but I went, well, that's always just part of the lens. The front bit is missing, smashed it out, put a pinhole in, blah, blah, blah. Later realized that that was just the one and only lens. This was a single <laughs> lens and I just kind of trashed it. Um, no, does but, that, I don't think that counts as building. It's just no, that's, no. That's well, the opposite I mean, of building. But but it did get turned into my first pinhole camera um, that I have used a few times. And um, it's quite funny. It gives the, the pictures a nice round frame. Um, I think there were some pictures up on my Flickr feed that I took with that. So that was the first one I kind of knocked together or at least repurposed. Um, and then there was the biscuit tin pinhole, um, which I used early last year um, with some 4 by 5 paper in it um, with the direct positive paper. There, there was, of course, um, from the very first podcast that we did aid, there was my repurposed Bronica, <laughs> which I um, tried to put, again, made it into a pinhole camera uh, and tried to put a curved plane in in the back of it. Um, with I really have to say, I think you've misunderstood the question. <laughs> Look, this is, this is upcycling aid. This is upcycling. Um, See, so yeah, there was that. That didn't turn out too well. Um, and then uh, let me let me let me let me ask you the question this way, Rand. Is there any camera equipment that you've ever tinkered with that was in a better state when you finished with it than when you started? Define the word better. Okay, third question. <laughs> I mean, I have also built just these are genuine things I built. I have built a couple of the um, little kit cameras. So I had the uh, Lomography. Oh, now one. you're talking. Now yeah, you're talking. There was the, um, I can't remember what the Lomography one's called, but it's a little SLR, um, uh, which was okay. I built it and I shot a roll of film through it. It wasn't particularly great. Um, and last year I built the little um, 35mm TLR, uh, which was quite a fun build. Um, I haven't shot a roll of film through that yet, but I'm actually looking forward to doing that because it's quite a fun little plastic thing. So, see, I've knocked together a few things over the years and knocked apart considerably more. <laughs> so. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Okay, next question from uh, Colin Matorn. 
this one's easier, right? Besides Poundland film, I bought three more rolls of that yesterday, by the way. Uh, what are your favourite film stocks, past or present? Uh, I think I bought a, uh, 10 rolls of Portra this week. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. I think so. So I think, yeah, I, I really want to love Fuji films more than I love Kodak films. I kind of, you know, and, and uh, uh, as, at times I'll go on a, on a big binge of Fuji Superior. Um, and that works. Yeah, that I love. Um, but the, the, you know, re, what do I keep coming back to? I, uh, it's, it's often Tri-X, Portra and Ektar. Yeah, yeah, go to. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm I'm going to stick with the same boring old answer I gave last time when this question came up, which is uh, Alfred HP5. I I really like it, and particularly having started messing around with it, uh, pushing it to sixteen hundred, um, it's lovely. The medium format is great. The one twenty HP5 is lovely, so um, that's always a good go to for me. Okay, um, Colmaton also wants to know when there's going to be a flash slash strobe slash torch episode. So maybe we need to do another lighting episode at some point, Aid. You'll be glad to hear. Yeah, well, the only reason we haven't is is you keep saying no. (laughs) That doesn't sound like me at all. Um, He he also wants to know, have you heard of the flash cue? I have now. (laughs) Since I just used those words. No, no, no. uh it was so so i think the uh, uh so so i think this is a, a a thing that's been a victim of the crashing of our server and losing some of the threads of conversation so when i first bought the loom cubes uh i made a post up on the on pixelatedphotographers.com about them um and i think uh, I have half a memory from earlier this week of, of seeing a, a, a post and then it went away. Um, and and so uh, the flash and it was about the flash cues and I did follow the link um, and they are tiny little triggers, hot shoe triggers, tiny little radio triggers. Um, and uh, they look really cool, actually really cute. Um, I'm not sure how much range they would have because they are really tiny. Yeah, um, I don't know whether they'd have you know the the receivers couldn't uh, don't have much room in them for antenna you know to receive and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I can imagine in a in a, a small space they'd be uh, quite interesting. And if you have a really small camera, having a really small flash trigger could be quite good as well and stop it from getting unbalanced. Yeah, yeah, they sound good. I, I really like those little loom cubes you had. So something like that sounds fantastic. Um, we have another one here, uh, and. Uh, you'll be glad I've prepared you for this aid uh, from uh, Jonas from at Comaton. He says, uh, let's hear if you can play something on guitar. Now, I am rubbish, but fortunately, I told Aid earlier that he needed to have his guitar. So, Aid, would you play something for us on guitar, please? Well, so you said to me the other, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm not a good guitar player either. That's not true. You, you are, compared to the alternative, which is me, you're a very good guitar player. <sighs> I really am not, um, and especially late at night and my and and stuff like that. But uh, is, is there anything you'd particularly like to hear? I uh, did. You just go for whatever. It doesn't need to be long. Do just give us a, a blast or whatever sounds good. <clears throat> uh, right, folks. Uh, this is Aid, and what you're about to hear is genuinely me playing the guitar. But because I couldn't play for Toffee uh, in the middle of the recording, uh, this is recorded shortly afterwards and cut in. So no apologies for that whatsoever, because it is actually me. 
that was wonderful. Um, <laughs> uh, Jonas's last question: uh, How many questions can I ask? Uh, the number you just did, Jonas. Um, <laughs> next up, we have got a question from Alex at Grainy Blur on Instagram: Which photographer's work, dead or living, most recently inspired you? Uh, I don't know, actually. Most recently inspired me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't know. I I have absolutely no answer to that one. Which is <laughs> you you surprised me too much. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, I am going to go actually with something else we talked about last week. Um, and that was the photographer that uh, Eric introduced us to, uh, which is Winston Link, um, who was the guy who was taking photographs of trains um and i really loved his stuff um he was a real pioneer of night photography and i his his shots just the way he left um the general look of them everything about them i really liked and I'm really enjoying seeing people's night photography that they're shooting with film at the moment. Um, there's a few people on Instagram who have been sharing pictures. Um, Dan, uh, oh, I'm trying to what Dan's surname is, um, or what this uh, Instagram handle is. Um, uh, it'll come back to me, or it won't. But anyway, Dan's been doing some awesome um, medium format stuff out at night um, that I've really been enjoying. Um, and M. Parry as well. I saw a picture earlier today i think he was out shooting um with some provia or something like that and yeah i really love seeing people shooting film at night um crikey even Corey had a picture um he's been out with his holger and was taking pictures at night with his holger um so yeah that that's what's been inspiring me lately and this stuff by winston link if you didn't check it out after last week's show really do go and have a look at it it's um it's pretty amazing stuff really good stuff do you know what Um, while you've been talking i i've remembered something this was going to be in my shout outs for this week actually uh Mm -hmm. but i shall bring it forward um so uh, I think we've mentioned on the show before uh, Claudio Gomboli uh, at Gomboli on Twitter, uh, G-O-M-B-O-L-I. He's playing around at the moment. This is nothing to do with film photography, but he's making a zine at the moment. So we'll talk about him because it is 27 zine after all. So um, he is. And, uh, but what he's doing is he's managed to find and, and sort out an old Game Boy camera and he's taking photos with a Game Boy camera and making a zine of them. Awesome. <laughs> so I don't think it's got anything to do with film photography, but it looks really, really cool. And I was talking, uh, swapped a couple of tweets with him the other day about, so, yeah, we posted one. I said, that looks great. He said, yeah, but there's still too much detail in it. <laughs> <laughs> a man after my own heart. <laughs> so, yeah, so so that that's inspired me. Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, uh, I don't know whether the next one's easier or harder. This is from uh, filmphotographyproject.london. Uh, for each of us, this one is, what would be, to get your what you think would be your dream photograph, what camera, lens, location, and subject, so it could be a photography style and or model, would you choose uh, to get your ideal pho- photograph? Who, what, where, when, how, and with what? Do you know what? That's a really interesting question because the first thing that my brain leapt to, which is if if 
if there was an ideal photograph, would any of those things be a feature in it? Um, I, yeah, I think it would probably be uh, a portrait um, and it would be something that captures something of somebody, um, something about their personality. Um, and it could be happy or sad or fun or serious. Um, uh, that that wouldn't matter much. Um, and at that point, I don't think I really care whether it's in focus even, let alone <laughs> what camera I'm using. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, expression first, composition second, uh, composition including light, um, and the rest of it is all nice to haves. <laughs> Or a bit of a distraction, depending on which way you think about it. So uh, I I don't really mind about the lens and the camera um, or the location. To be honest, it would be all about the person and and taking a photograph of the person that shows something a little bit about them. So who would the person be? I mean, so far you failed to nail down exactly anything. But at least give us a person. I don't I, I I don't know. I I I don't that's not the way my brain works. I don't I don't so have So just to clarify, your ideal photograph is of someone not necessarily in focus somewhere. Well, you should be easily pleased, Dave. This is going to be an easy target for you to hit. Well, yeah, but but it's just that's not I don't it's not the way my brain works. I don't I don't want to take photographs of I don't know, the queen or uh, anybody famous or anything like that that's just not really how it works i mean if anything it'd be more along the lines of actually i think it's quite important to take some nice portraits of your family you know and and you know and have have those um because um you know that that's that that's that's something that means something to me mm. no, fair so, enough. so so i know yeah that is a complete probably a complete failure to answer the specifics of the question but that is genuinely what i think so it certainly answers at least i'm trying to honestly answer the spirit of the question if that makes any sense fair enough fair so, enough. so what, what about you well i've been thinking about that and i mean on similar lines seeing as this is a dream situation i'm actually going to address what you just said because when i think about photograph that i would really like to have and that i don't have and that actually i could only get in a dream situation it, it's a, a good photograph of my dad um because he's um been dead quite a while now and so photographically he's not a good option in fact i think we reduced him to ash so it's going to be a real hard jigsaw to even get anything like a photograph <laughs> um and because of just the way life was and the fact that I wasn't into photography and you know, we just didn't see that much of each other because of how old I was and where I was in my life. The photograph I've currently got of him up on the side is of when I was, I don't know, 14 years old. And obviously, you know, he's a lot younger than he was before he died. Not that he was very old when he died, but, um, and I would love to have had just a nice photo of him. Um, and I think if I was going to if I could have any photo at all uh, and I'm assuming that I have the skills to achieve it to go with it, I would love to get just a really get a, um, a large format camera and just take a really classy portrait. Um, and I think if it's of my dad, I wanted to be somewhere that had some sort of um, country charm to it, because that's. 
whilst it wasn't necessarily what it was, what he was, I think it was definitely what he was in his head. He he wanted to be the country gent, and I would love to be able to sort of get a picture that captured that feeling. So somewhere with, you know, deer heads on the wall and leather <laughs> armchairs and lots of wood panelling and um, yeah, just, just like Eric's house then. Just, just like Eric's house, exactly. <laughs> lots of deer heads on the wall. Yeah, I'm sure that Eric has lots of those. Um, so, yeah, that would be that would be my dream photo. I think. I mean, beyond that, I was thinking. Well, I mean, what would be my other choice would be would be um, just um, uh, somewhere really exotic. Just to go somewhere really exotic and be there. Um, but yeah, when you think about your dream photograph, I, I think for me that's the photograph that if I could give anything to have it that that would be the one um but, you know and i realize that probably is uh, not the most exciting answer in the world but um yeah I, I, that is what i would love to have if i could wave a magic wand and suddenly have that picture in my house i would love that um so yeah that's, that that's that is one. a really cool answer okay um right next one this is from small underscore aperture which art medium outside of photography do you enjoy or slash inspires you the most? I really enjoy a good novel, mm-hmm. uh, preferably sci-fi. So I I would say that's that's the art form that that really. Uh, I lean towards other than photography. Mm. Yeah, you reading anything good at the moment? Uh, I've just been catching up on some uh, Robert Rankin novels, um, and uh, those are always good fun. Uh, I also recently read uh, Ready Player One, uh, mm. which I think you would love if you haven't read it. it. It harkens back to lots of computer games from the eighties and stuff like that. So I think you'd like that. I, I have got a copy of that here and I have yet to read it, but um, oh, now you've recommended it, I will get on that. Yeah, so, uh, yes, uh, you will you will enjoy that. Actually, it'll appeal to the gamer in you very much. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. Um, How about me, you? Yeah. Uh, music is probably the most obvious one. I mean, that's the thing I interact with most is music. Um, and, and I think, listen to it, it actually does inspire me in my photography as well. I think, you know, the moods it can put you in and, and also, you know, with some songs, the lyrics and just the feel of the different artists. And, um, I, I listen to a really diverse range of music. I think we, you and I both do. We both like a lot of very different stuff. Um, I do like, um, paintings as well. I'm quite lucky that a lot of my clients have got quite an, an interest in art. So I get to go and look at nice paintings in some of their houses. Um, so I, I do appreciate that stuff, but I don't interact with that hugely. So I think it would definitely be music for me. Um, I think the the different frames of mind that it can put you in can really affect the way that you're taking photographs. Um, and you, there's a big difference if you if you're listening to something that's you know hard music and you're angry, shouty music, and you're out there on the streets. And you, I think it's going to encourage you towards you know pushing the boundaries and getting the more edgy photographs and what have you. Or if you're listening to something by say, for example, Kate Bush, which is just maybe completely off the wall. I mean, some of her stuff is uh, from the album. The dreaming is just right out there. And then maybe that's going to encourage you towards 
looking for you know more ethereal stuff looking for stuff which is um uh what's the word i'm looking for more dreamlike or just less grounded in reality at all so um yeah i think music has a big effect on the way i look at the world and think about things so yeah um next one uh we've got uh Three quick ones here from Pat McGroin. So thank you very much, Pat. Um, all right, Aid, are you ready? This is a rapid fire questions. Go for it. First one: New England or Manhattan clam chowder? <laughs> Come on, Aid. This is quick uh, fire. New England. Yeah, new. Of course, New England. Good grief. I mean, uh, next: Sid Barrett or David Gilmore? Uh, Gilmore. Can you remind me? Can you remind me who, who they both were? Pink Floyd. All right, they were both in Pink Floyd. Well, originally, yes. So Sid Barrett was the 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 drug induced nut job that went mad and left the band. Uh, Dave yeah. Gilmore stuck with it all these years. I'm gonna go with drug induced. And still to tours. With... You're gonna go with Sid Barrett, are you? I I I think because a lot of the Floyd that I like dates from a time after Sid left the band. Although I do like the early psychedelic stuff. Some of the stuff they did in the late seventies and early eighties is amazing. And so I'd have to go with Gilmore. And finally, what does Marcellus Wallace look like? <laughs> he looks like a gimp. <laughs> That's who. I, that is from um, Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah. Good, good. Just checking. He looks like a gimp. Brilliant. Asked and answered. Thank you very much. That was great, Pat. Um, Do you know what was in the suit, uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? I always assumed it was a cheese pickle sandwich. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, the thing that was in the briefcase, uh, you know, the one that has the light in it that they all look in but you never see, mm-hmm. uh, is called a MacGuffin. And mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, the the name comes from it's actually uh, a MacGuffin is a a sort of it's a it's a f- device in filmmaking something that the, that the the characters can see but that the audience can't and that has some yeah. sort of influence over the plot. Um, there's probably a a much better definition than that, but uh, uh, I just thought I'd share that. No, no reason. Thank you. There you go. A, a little free fact, people. There. That question wasn't asked. You got that one for free. Um, <laughs> at Sith Lord Huggles, this is Jake asks, uh, I think we know this one for you, Aid. What is your favourite cam- camera system and why is it Nikon, Aid? <laughs> is that what he wrote? Yes. Uh, accident. Uh, the first serious camera I bought happened to be a digital SLR. There happened to be a Nikon in the shop that was at a reasonable price. Um, and that's how I got into Nikons. Um, and uh, when I got, got into film cameras, I thought I could try and reuse some of my lenses so that it would be cheaper to get into film cameras. Uh, so purely by accident. That's pretty good reason. Pretty good reason. What was um, what, and, and what's the reason you love Olympus so much? It, it was because, all right. You know how I'm mostly affected by whims. So um, I was chatting, this was a few years ago, to my ex wife's dad and talking about film cameras. And he was saying, oh, how, because he actually he used to work for Kodak in their factory here, loading up film and stuff like that many, many years ago. And we were talking about, you know, when he still shot film. Um, and he, um, 
his camera of choice was the Olympus OM-10. Now, I was completely unfamiliar with the Olympus range at that time. But I went home to my place, and it was you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, I was lying in bed on eBay, as one is. I went, oh, I can buy one of these. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy one of these because it's not very expensive, for sure. That sounds like a good idea. You know, it's probably, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds for a camera and lens. And the camera turned up, and I have never been so instantly disappointed with the camera. I was like, oh, this is just plastic garbage and the the shutter's broken, the mirror's up and I don't know what's going on with this. This is just rubbish and really was just so so annoyed with myself for spending money in such a stupid way on a thing that I didn't need and was clearly rubbish. Anyway, but, you, eventually... but you've relaxed into that yeah, <laughs> over yeah. the years. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm totally <laughs> cool with that. Um, and anyway, I eventually figured out that the reason that the mirror was flipped up was because the battery was dead and that was just the thing that it did. And I think because I wasn't particularly attached to this camera, um, uh, I shoved the roll of film in it. Um, I think I'm going to take this out. I don't care if it's raining particularly because I don't care if this camera gets wet because I don't really care about it. And I went out and just shot a roll of film through it anyway. And that ended up being the first roll of film that I ever developed, first black and white roll of film I developed. And in the process of using that camera and then developing it and being really pleased with the results I got out of it, of course, it encouraged me to use it more. And I really grew to love the size and the lightweight nature of it. And then a year or so later, when I uh, picked up the OM-1, which is the equally small but big brother of the OM-10, um, it's just a really nice camera to use. It's, it's a, I, I love the size of it. Um, it's a really compact little SLR and it's just a pleasure to use. And I've now built up a few lenses to use with it. And um, I, I love the fact that I don't need batteries for that one to work. Um, but the, the OM10s remain one of the best bargains around. I think the price has crept up on them. But if you see an OM10 with a 50 millimeter lens going cheap, just grab it. You will not be disappointed in either camera or lens. They're fantastic. Um, yeah. There you go. Um, cool. Next question, he says, trying to... Um, this is good. So, so for something that you did at the last minute, we've got a good selection of questions here. Thank I, you, I everybody. Know. Our audience is the best, the best ever. Um, oh, I, I, here we go. This one follows on perfectly from that last thing. At Matt Melcher, what piece of gear really disappointed you after you used it or what didn't live up to your expectations after you used it? Have you got anything, Cade? uh the diana springs to mind um <laughs> it's it, yes. it, 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 it started out great but in about the third roll something twanged on the inside and it started rolling really fat rolls mm. um although it, it it redeemed itself when they released the glass lens for it but actually um i i've not looked at it a second time since i got the holgers um if anybody's ever in any doubt about whether to buy a holger or a diana don't just just buy the holger uh, would your um fuji instax fall into this category yeah yeah it would actually wouldn't it yeah good point um yeah that was a disappointing camera i i was really looking forward to that um and yeah it's rubbish <laughs> the instax uh, film itself is good i like that but the and, and loads of fun but i i don't like the camera uh well, i'm trying to think about something else that might be disappointing no, uh, no, that probably about covers it. How about you? 
I mean, the short answer is almost every Russian camera that I've ever shot <laughs> has been <laughs> a bit disappointing. Um, yeah, most recently the Lomo LCA. I, th- I think because that camera is it's a popular camera. I know that just this week, um, Alex, you know, that grainy blur has picked up his and he's sharing pictures and he's really pleased with it. Um, loads of people have got them and get great pictures from them and really enjoy them. Um, and I just failed failed to get the pictures that I liked out of them and failed to click with the camera as it were um but i've had similar experiences with the lubitels um and um not that it's a russian but the ukrainian the um kiev camera it was okay just wasn't um quite wanted the actually probably the worst ones was um that lamography diy camera that was just after going to all the trouble of putting it together and oh this is fun and then the thing just didn't work very well it was a real hassle to try and shoot it the film didn't want to wind on that was all quite disappointing i think that's um, the authentic lamography experience right there yeah you may well be right there you may well be right um so yeah they're probably the most obvious ones that i can think of um you know because i mean when you're buying as most of my stuff is real cheap bits and pieces you, your expectations are low so i say it's far more likely that i'm going to be really pleased with something that i wasn't expecting it to be um but there have just been a few things which i guess have a bit of a a cult behind them that you then go oh great i'm finally going to try this out and then it's not lived up to expectations mm. um okay i think we got one last question aid um which um we can both have a crack at although your answer will hopefully be better than mine how long does it get take to get good at the guitar? And also, when's your first show? Um, Aid, how long did it take you to get good at the guitar? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, uh, so far, it's taken an infinitely long time. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, so the, it, this is interesting because I, I, um, I don't really perform much on the guitar, so I play mostly for my own benefit. Um, I mean, I've played occasionally with friends and stuff. But uh, a lot of it is is for me. Um, so how long did it take me? I mean, I I've been playing for over twenty years. Uh, you know, possibly more like twenty five years at this point. Um, and I think it. But you know, you can if you pick it up and you play and you play and you play and you play, you can actually get you know to a relatively competent level quite quickly. My problem is, is that sometimes a long time goes by between me playing, especially when my kids were babies and that, that you know, guitars was just one of the things that dropped off the list of time to do. Uh, I don't know. A um, couple of years maybe of, of playing and making an effort. If you if you have to have natural talent at music, you may be a six months to a year. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say that from my point of view is longer than I have been playing. Um, <laughs> that, that's faux show. I, I sat down and I went, okay, can I, oh, I can't play any tunes. I, I probably should be able to play a tune by this point, but it turns out I can't. Um, uh, so, yeah, longer than how long have I been trying to play for now? Four and a bit months. It takes Something longer like. than four months. We know this to be true, or at least it takes <laughs> me longer than two months uh, you're not playing all the time though are you because you're busy with other things as well you you would be horrified how much time i spend dicking around on that guitar honestly it is the number one time sink because much though i suck at it i just love picking up and playing <laughs> with that guitar and you would really think that this would at this point have transferred into some sort of skill level but nope 
I am resiliently avoiding that. So, no, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, lastly, this is not a question at all, but uh, um, at the Lucy Rainwright, who um, is an artist on Instagram, absolutely worth following, and um, I think she's got some um, work coming out with a, a magazine. Um, with a group called She Shoots Film, I believe, um, very soon. And I really hope that at some point Lucy will join us on this podcast. Uh, I need to kind of chase her up. I think she's a little bit reticent. Um, but she'd, she'd love to borrow the camera, referring to the one that I used to take the picture that this um, post was attached to. Now, the, the camera was actually a very beaten up um, Pentax spotmatic or something like that um that was a bit broken and i very badly sellotaped a bit of coke can over the front and punched a hole in it <laughs> so uh yeah it's probably not a camera you want. also i think i may have punched a few more holes in that coke can since then so i'm really no idea what it will do but uh um but yeah lucy if you ever come on here i, I will absolutely post you the remnants of what's left of that camera can't say fairer than that um <laughs> yeah you make it sound so appealing yeah I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who took the time to share some um, questions with us because that was great. Like I said, at very short notice, you guys really came through. And um, yeah, yeah. If if in the future you anybody out there thinks we should do it again, just let us know. But that was awesome. Um, That's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just great seeing Aid caught completely on the hop by so many of these things. Ah, that's okay. It's all right. I I yeah I enjoyed it actually so um I think uh, yeah it's something that we can uh celebrate and I wouldn't mind doing it again either. <laughs> okay so we I think are on the verge of recording uh, a full episode or having recorded a full episode so but I believe there's just one or two shout outs to to uh, sign us off for today. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go with mine first to get out of the way. I want to say a big thank you to at Antiporder underscore photography um, who got in touch. Last week, we were talking about the lab in the box, um, the cracking Kickstarter that's going on at the moment um, for the developing tank for the 120 and 35 millimeter film. And, and I said at the time that I had in the back of my brain some vague awareness that this wasn't a completely novel idea. And he not only is aware of, but owns the original kind of um, genesis of this thing which is the Rodinax 35-U and 120 um, uh, which basically seems to be the thing that the lab in the box was patterned from um, I'm not sure how old it is it's it's a good few years old it was made by Agfa as I said um, but yeah that that was great great and he's got it and he uses it um, and he said it works really really well so it's bodes well for the lab in the box but yeah that was fantastic and um his photography his feed is well worth checking out actually um he's got just a, a really nice mixture of pictures on there he's got some beautiful portrait work on there um as well as just a really random selection of other stuff but all really good quality photos um so i'd highly recommend anybody checks out at antiporda which is a-n-t-i-p-o-r-d-a underscore photography on instagram and uh, enjoy his work all right yeah i shall go and do that uh straight after recording well not straight after recording because i suspect i'm going to have have about 15 goes at recording some guitar before it gets recorded <laughs> properly and sounds like my fingers are actually moving at all but there you go that is the benefit of holding the editing job in this team <laughs> you're, you're just cutting some eric clapton won't you yeah with some hendrix or eddie, <laughs> eddie, eddie van halen or something like that you know so, so somebody with you know reasonable 
basketball skills, but that doesn't make me look too showy. <laughs> like Hendrix. Like like Hendrix, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody, basically at your level, but you know. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't want to over egg it. <laughs> okay, all right. I think we're done, aren't we? Um, with this week's episode uh and it's been fun actually um i've enjoyed the q a session i've enjoyed uh talking about the stuff that we've uh discussed even though i uh and i've almost forgotten until right now that i actually broke one of my cameras today <laughs> it's taking your mind off it aid yeah never mind right okay so it turns out that most of the people listening to us know how to get in touch on instagram because they've done it already this evening uh but you can get hold of us on instagram twitter Flickr, etc 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 gmail as well um at sunny 16 podcast is where you can find us uh we need to say this week a special big thanks to chris gillick at pixelatedphotographer.com uh, because uh, as we say every week uh, he hosts our podcast and it was his server that had some technical difficulties and he put a lot of effort in uh, to get it back up and running uh, so that we could continue to broadcast so thank you very very much Chris um, Graham you mentioned getting Bill on the show soon Bill Owens who does our show notes um, and you also mentioned that you, uh, you that you'd done a lot of work on the show notes was it actually Bill that did a lot of that or is it uh... well I mean I had basically I had got as far as putting up all the threads to then add Bill's awesome show notes in so um, Bill has lost nothing fortunately it's just uh, I have lost hours of my life and probably years of my life to this thing it's not not grey hairs onto my head now but um we'll we'll get it sorted we will get it sorted all right well thanks bill as always uh and thanks lastly but not leastly to kevin mcleod at incompetech.com for music uh all of the music on our podcast with the possible exception of the guitar bits that i'm going to play <laughs> or have just played whichever way round, whichever which works best in the edit um are provided by kevin and uh his genius website incompetech.com thank you very much and well here we are again uh the end of another show the end of a 40th show is life begin at 40 i don't know what did you feel like after your 40th birthday oh suicidal suicidal okay hasn't, hasn't passed yet so you're Every not expecting you're not expecting like... not expecting show 41 to be one of our better ones <laughs> well with that listeners yeah we'll, we'll, we'll leave you to wonder whether so 41 is going to come at all <laughs> uh but uh we will of course be with you again next week um ones and zeros and protons and uh electrons are behaving themselves as they must uh so thank you very much and goodbye bye, bye.